0: How are you Stephanie today?
1: I'm doing good. I just got back from Jakarta, so pretty busy.
0: And uh, today we're really honored and privileged to have you uh, come on to the podcast because uh, we have done some uh, reading up on LinkedIn about you. And uh, we found out that uh, you were the recipient and award winner for uh, best B2B marketer for CMO Malaysia awards 2018. And you're also really active uh, in uh, the lean in organization in Malaysia. So that's besides your your day gig, which is uh, uh, doing your head of marketing role at ADA, which is part of Asian group. So could you tell us uh, maybe uh, what are some of the things that we can't find out about you online? (laughs)
1: Um, Okay, a couple of things. I actually have a yellow belt in Karate (laughs) (laughs) from back when I was crazy about it for a few years as a teenager. Um, And I also have a eighth grade ABRSM certificates for piano in theory, which is the highest grade you can get for piano. Um, and yeah, so I used to play piano for many, many years as a kid. So are
0: you still performing these days or you're just doing like uh, solo performances for your partner or for your friends?
1: So sad, right? I left it all behind. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> recently my older daughter has been very interested in picking it up. And so I started playing with her and I discovered, hey, this is actually a lot of fun. So I might pick it up again.
0: That's really cool. Tell us, uh, because you have so many accolades and you're involved in so many activities and also contributing back to society. Tell us, uh, what is the best day of your career so far?
1: Um, I think you mentioned it just now, probably one of the best was winning the, um, gold award for best B2B marketing last year. Um, And it wasn't about winning the award, but because it was the recognition for a program I developed called the Building Trust Awards for PwC in Malaysia. So that has become a brand defining program for PwC and something that's carried on and, you know, it's permeated many aspects of the business, even after, you know, I left the firm almost two years ago. So for me, it was just you know a great recognition of this amazing effort. It was a huge team effort, not just from my marketing team, but you know working with multiple teams across the business. And it was on a topic which is so so critical, right? It's about how businesses in this part of the region can put an emphasis on building trust, so beyond just making profits. You know, um, it's about really going back to the core of building trust. Uh, and it's a topic that there was a lot of skepticism around, um, especially in Malaysia because of, you know, political uh, and social circumstances. But the fact that you know this has become a program that has gone on and it has received recognition—that's meant a lot.
0: That's a brilliant answer. Um, can you tell us how you started your career and your journey? Maybe backtrack a little bit further.
1: Um, okay, so. My journey is a little bit unusual. So I actually started out as an engineer a long, long time ago. So I studied electrical engineering and um, I practiced for a few years. So the early part of my career was spent climbing down manholes because I was in, working at, in an electrical utility. And then I was coding in C as a software engineer at Intel. Um, and that was all interesting and fun, but I always felt that there was something missing. You know, I didn't get, a sense of the bigger picture you know how was the work that i was doing contributing to the bigger picture and the the bigger side of business so when i was at intel i was given an opportunity to try out a marketing role uh, and i jumped at it and that's when i really began to connect the dots i could see the impact that what we were doing in marketing uh, was connected to the the products which was connected to the business to the revenues and to what we were trying to achieve Um, Mm -hmm. From there, uh, you know, then I ended up in PwC, which I spent a long time in, and I think that's really where I grew up um, as a person, as a professional, uh, and um, here I am today at ADA as the head of marketing, uh, and it's been a fantastic journey.
0: That's a really remarkable journey. And what can our community listeners learn from your run of so many years in the industry? What insights uh, did you learn from that remarkable journey?
1: A couple of things. I think one, you know, despite all the change that's happening, marketing as a profession is here to stay, um, but it's evolving, right, at an amazingly rapid pace, and that's thanks to all the tech- technological advancement and the disruption that's happening. So the key for people who want to be successful marketers is to always keep yourself relevant. So you can never stop learning. You know, don't stop pushing yourself to take on new things. Dig into areas that may be uncomfortable for you because that's the only way you will keep relevant and keep learning and the other important thing is you know as marketers we love creating new new things we love great ideas you know we're so caught up in clicks and likes and all of that but it's really important that we must connect whatever we do back to the business so we have to understand what is the business you know what are the challenges of the business what are the pain points how can I make my different stakeholders, um, you know, help them meet their needs through the work that I do in marketing.
0: That's really fantastic. Um, you talk about technological advancement. So in your opinion, do you need data scientists as much as creative directors for your data-driven marketing these days?
1: Um, definitely, actually we need both in equal measure and that's something that at ADA we've learned from trying to build this business that we say, you know, our business begins and ends with data. So the data is so important, right? It's what helps you to reach the right people at the right time, on the right channels and platforms. But equally important, you need the creative to help you stand out, right? There's so much noise out there today. Everyone's, you know, trying to make themselves heard. It is your creative that will reach out um, and that will keep you in the hearts and minds of your consumers. Uh, there's been a lot of research into consumer purchasing and we know that the majority of purchase decisions are actually fueled by emotions. Uh, and that's the side of our brain where the creative content and the imagery will reach out to. So you know, you need both, both data and creative in equal measure.
0: That's really insightful. How is your customer base now compared uh, or different uh, to when we first started?
1: Um, yeah, so in this part of the world, in South, Southeast Asia, it's very interesting. Um, you know, we're still targeting a similar level of hope, as in, you know, we're looking at decision makers who are in the marketing or digital or sales roles. But their personalities are so different. So here in Southeast Asia, on the one extreme, you've got young millennials who are hitting up, you know, who are CMOs and hitting up these big digital roles. They're really tech-driven. Uh, and they have little interest in traditional methods of outreach. On the other extreme, we've got CMOs who are very experienced Gen X um, and maybe they may not appreciate or embrace the world of digital even though they know they have to. And of course, in between that, you have a whole spectrum of people who fall into you know, one or the other. So for us, it's all about how can we understand all these different personalities, what makes them tick, and figure out how, as a business, we can best you know deliver value to them.
0: That's a really interesting answer. And uh, can you tell us uh, what is your personal opinion about the rise of the uh, young generation of CMOs?
1: Um, I think it's you know it's fantastic. It's very exciting. It's great to see that you you know you don't need to have climbed. A career ladder in a very traditional manner. Um, today we're looking for people who are passionate, who've got great new ideas, who are willing to take risks. Uh, I think that's fantastic. But of course, you know, let's not throw aside the experience um, that comes with, you know, older people as well. So I, I'm also, um, you know, there's this term called ageism, right? Uh, where we look at someone who's over. 40 and say, oh, you know, there has been no longer useful. And I, I think that's such a waste. You know, all that experience, um, leading teams, managing clients, navigating the world of business is equally important. So we got to be very careful about not being ageist as well.
0: And that's really great advice. I think, especially for our community listeners, uh, a big uh, majority part of them are actually from the younger generation, so uh, they might uh, do better to take heed uh, of your advice on that. So can you tell us uh, what are some of the achievements uh, and milestones of your tenure, besides the winning uh, Best B2B Marketer Award in uh, CMO Malaysia Awards 2018, and what do you think are the things that you haven't done yet?
1: Um, Okay, so a few milestones. I think when I was at PwC making director um, of marketing at PwC, that was a very big milestone for me because it's not just a standard promotion. You know, so making director at PwC requires you building a business case for yourself. Uh, it means getting approvals and endorsements from the partnerships. It means going through a whole interview process. So I knew that beyond just building my technical capacity, I had proven myself um, that I could bring value to the business. And so that for me, that was a huge milestone. It was a Great confidence builder as well. Um, the other thing was, you know, leaving PwC, which is this amazing corporate environment, huge brand name, moving into the startup world was a big change for me, uh, and I learned so much from it. Not just about how, you know, the startup world functions um, and how to be agile and adapt. I learned a lot about myself and what I wanted for my career, and I realized, you know, even at this age over 40 uh, i'm still discovering more about what i want and what i can achieve so that's been you know really a big milestone for me if there's one thing i want to be able to do which i haven't done yet um, which i'm trying to do right now is to really create a well-known and regarded brand from scratch Um, so that's what i'm trying to do with ada we are about a year and a half old Uh, we're born out of asiata group which is a big telco conglomerate here Southeast Asia, but ADA as a brand is still very new. And so I feel if I can make sure that our target clients around Asia, know who we are and what we can do for them, then I would have achieved something really critical.
0: That's really awesome. Do you rely on external partners for creative, for data or digital analytics and measurement on what areas specifically?
1: Um, We actually rely on partners in all areas. Um, And I think that is the key to, um, you know, becoming an agency of the future. So we even have a program called Fusion, where we are partnering with other agencies, um, whether it's creative agencies or digital agencies um, to go out together and work for clients. So there are many times when a client you know, for what some reason or another may not be able to work with us, but we can still bring value. And so that's when our partnerships with other agencies um, help us to get out there and make a difference.
0: That's really fantastic. So some uh, questions uh, regarding your uh, work. Uh, What drives you crazy? Uh, Is it staffing issues? Uh, What are the key in doing uh, these things well, even though you dislike it?
1: What drives me crazy? Um, Many things. (laughs) Um, You know, I think you, you made a good point, staffing issues. So building a team is equally on one hand, so rewarding. And on on the other hand, it takes a lot of out of you. Um, So I had to do that coming to ADA was to build my whole team from scratch. Um, And so it was, you know, finding all these different people, first of all, just recruiting different people with different skills, then bringing them together and figuring out, okay, how do we function as a team, right? Not as individuals, but as a team, because it's only with a team that we will achieve um, all the big dreams that we have. Uh, and so I, I do enjoy it, but of course there are days when it you know, makes me want to bang my head against a wall. Um, but the key to you know, getting through this is always remembering what's the bigger picture, you know, what's the bigger goal that we want to achieve. Um, And as a team, we know that we want to build a billion dollar business for ADA. and We want to create a brand that stands out. So keeping that in mind um, makes it, you know, makes all the headache worthwhile.
0: That's really awesome. The next question, uh, can you maybe uh, chat with us about how you stay fresh, sharp and creative and on top of your game? Do you have any athletic pursuit or do you indulge in? Uh, music, piano, for example, or, p- or media or shows or web or books?
1: Um, there are a few things I do. Uh, one is something I've been doing for a very long time. Uh, I love to work out. Um, so I used to run a lot when I was younger and I'm a little bit older um, and I realized I can't just be running. And so I work out with uh, with the trainer at the gym a few times a week. Uh, and that keeps me sane, you know, uh, having that me time and just taking care of myself physically and mentally really helps. Um, but of course, you know, I need times and I just want to veg out. Uh, so Netflix is uh, is a savior. <laughs> I've been watching Peaky Blinders, uh, which is an amazing TV series. Uh, and um, yeah, that's what, and I love to read as well.
0: It's refreshing that you mentioned Peaky Blinders because uh, almost every CMOs that I interviewed always say stranger things. So when, when I ask them uh, what show they are following or beach watching, so finally a new answer. So I thank you for that.
1: Maybe your, your, your listeners should check out Peaky Blinders if they haven't already. Uh, it's got, you know, drama, adventure, uh, romance, a uh, bit of violence. Yeah, love it.
0: Yeah. I'm so going to go check it out tonight. So because uh, based on your recommendation, it has to be good. Yeah. Yeah. next this question will be, uh, what would you like to be remembered uh, in your job or your career legacy?
1: I think for me, it's about knowing that I've made a difference um, to other people. Uh, and that's part of the reason why, you know, beyond my day job, I do try to Um, be active in things like Lean In Malaysia, which is, um, you know, trying to push for gender diversity and gender equality. I'm also a mentor in several other programs. So for me, it's knowing that I can, actually for myself, I was a big recipient of great mentoring and coaching, right? And so I feel like I need to pay it forward. And if by paying it forward, I can make a difference in just a few people's lives. I think that will be, you
0: know, that will be what I want to be remembered for. That leads uh, me to the, ask you the next question. Uh, there's always this 70-30 uh, split for male and female domination in technology or in marketing or even in creative industries. Do you think more needs to be done uh, to correct this uh, disproportionate uh, allocation uh, of uh, different genders and key roles?
1: Yeah, definitely. This is an ongoing journey and it's so important. Um, and in some area, in some organizations, in some industries, perhaps they're doing a little bit better. But I think overall, you know, even though I think the awareness has risen, so people now recognize that gender diversity is important. It does bring benefits. But when it comes down to it, um, I think the actual action and the change is still slow. Um, I see it all the time myself, you know, where leadership teams are still 70% male or more. Um, So I think if we can hit that 30% is so critical because 30%, the the reason why people have chosen 30% as the number is that when you have at least a third uh, of the people being women, that's when their voice will be heard and that's when you can actually feel the impact that they make. Whereas if you just have one woman say in a room of men, it's going to be really hard for her. So I think there's so much more that needs to be done. And it's for the benefit of everyone. You know, When women succeed, when women can rise higher, it's better for business, it's better for society, uh, and it's better for all of us.
0: So you speak uh, from your experience and being a senior marketing leader uh, in a competitive industry like uh, the one that you're in. Uh, Maybe you're in the best position to answer the next question. How do you come back from a crisis?
1: Uh, Are you talking about personal crisis? (laughs) Um, I mean, I'll just share my own. So I think I actually have been through a few myself, and you know, I don't know if it's a female thing, but I was really hard on myself. Um, You know, where I where I felt like, look, it was it was a career crisis where I felt that I had kind of just lost my way and taken a step back after being on the rise for you know for a, a good number of times, and then I was so hard on myself. You know, I said, "Oh my God, you know, I'm just so lousy," and I I lost all my self confidence. Um, when was this?
0: Uh, when did this happen?
1: It was actually last year. A year
0: ago, okay. <laughs> I was, I
1: was, I was pretty fresh in my mind, and you know, and I felt like such a different person. You know, I was like, "Oh my God, I don't know who I am anymore," and. Um, You know, I went from being this high riser and this very confident person to just feeling like, oh my God, what am I doing with myself? Uh, But that's when I realized that, you know, that community that I had, you know, this community of uh, uh, actually the women, the the female community I had, like-minded friends and colleagues, um, you know, who were willing to, you know, just sit down and listen to me and share their own experiences, that really helped. Um, I also, you know, went back to my uh, previous boss, who continues to be my mentor till today. Um, and you know, I would just kind of use her as a therapist almost, and just like tell her what I was going through, and that really helped. And of course, having a very supportive uh, partner as well. My my husband's been always been very supportive of my career. Um, so that that's when I really had to, you know, rely on this community of support and then help me. I realized I had to be a little bit kinder to myself, and you know, start to build myself up again. Um, and I was lucky enough to then, you know, find this role here at ADA, which has helped me to get back into being a bit of my old self again.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And uh, we have five minutes left, so uh, maybe we'll just do a speed round, quick fire round of questions. So try not to overthink your answers. Are you ready?
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Deep breath. Okay. Let's go. A brand that you cannot live without? Apple. Your favorite advertisement ever?
1: Um, I don't know if you remember this. It's something that Dove used to do. It was around, you know, what real beauty looks like. Um, yeah. Women who are not models. Yeah. That has always spoken out to me.
0: That was really memorable, right? Uh, what marketing campaign do you really love or admire right now?
1: I love Mailchimp's, did you mean Mailchimp campaign?
0: Uh, Any marketing campaign that you really love?
1: Um, There's so many out there. Um, I have to give uh, props to Solcom, which is a sister company, and they put up this fantastic um, Merdeka, which is our Independence Day um, video. And that was, you know, they told the story of how our national anthem became a movement, uh, in Malaysia. And I just, that was really good.
0: That's really awesome. Your most admired founder or CMO?
1: Um, so yeah, so I was thinking about this. If I think about this, there are two ladies here who founded something called the Pitcher Project. And what I really admire about them is that the Pitcher Project, uh, is a catering service, but all their food is made by refugees here in Malaysia. Mm. Uh, the food is amazing, but more importantly, you know, they're creating a livelihood for refugees. Uh, and these, the founders are these young women, I think they're in their 20s. I think it's really amazing what they've done.
0: I'm dying to try the food. Maybe the next time when I come up to uh, Kuala Lumpur, uh, gotta try it. It's yeah? really
1: good. I just had it last night, actually. Really tasty.
0: Awesome. Best agency that you ever worked with?
1: Oh, this is easy. ADA, of course. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can you remember the first brand that had an impact on you when you were a kid?
1: Wow. Um, I was a bit of a nerd. Uh, So this is a brand that I don't think exists anymore. Encyclopedia Britannica.
0: Oh, I remember that one. (laughs) You mentioned that you work out. So is it cardio or weights for you? Both. Podcasts or vlogs? Podcasts. Name me three people, dead or alive, that you would love to go to dinner with.
1: Uh Michelle Obama. Yeah. Uh, Sheryl Seinberg. Yeah. And I think I'd love to have dinner with my dad again. He passed away, but I'd love to see him again.
0: Great answer. Last one: cola or lemonade?
1: Diet Coke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> Thank you so much, Stephanie. It's really refreshing and also I'm um, really honored and privileged as well to speak to my first Malaysian uh, podcast guest in, in the oh. show. So uh, it's been a great uh, talking to you and uh, I hope uh, you have a great week ahead.
1: Thanks a lot for having me, Wayne. This was a lot of fun. Bye. See ya. Bye.